Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. And Troy, uh, first of all, welcome back. Welcome back, Cotter. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, man. Thanks. Good to be here. Uh, And uh, Troy was a regular on my old show. And part of the reason, I'm just going to put it out there, that Troy was a regular on my old show. I really respected this man. Uh, In 2014, he took a bold stand against the uh, the way the Chicago public schools were run and uh, the fact that there was no real oversight and uh, they implemented crazy uh, privatization schemes that that left the schools dirtier than ever. He wrote an editorial in the Chicago Sun-Times, where I am right now, uh, about it, denouncing it, and uh, one thing led to another, and he got fired uh, for being too outspoken from his principalship at Blaine Elementary. I'm doing That's this right. all from memory. Uh, yeah. uh, and it's since then, I've learned what it's like to be fired for being a little <laughs> outspoken. So I think we're like, you know, brothers in that respect, Troy. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, I have to say, um, when you know, I left the mayor's race four months ago, mm-hmm. and I have not participated in any political discussion, any interviews. I got called by all the candidates. I politely said no to every one of them and went back to a very private life uh, uh just you know doing my uh, focusing on my work and i intended to stay that way and then i got a call from ben <laughs> Jarofsky, the only reporter in chicago that i cannot say no to so now i had to go because i've been paying attention because i'm like we're screwed <laughs> so now i have to go study up on the issue so i can sound like i have some intelligence when you interview me but yeah, I can't say no to Ben because I highly respect his work, his writing. Uh, I really love what you do, man. So I had to come in and pay respects. All right, I appreciate that. I only had a bug him like forty-five times, but uh, actually, the last time I, I I saw you and talked to you, we were doing election night uh, remote from a restaurant on Belmont uh, in Chicago, and you came on, and that's when you alluded. Uh, that you probably weren't going to run. And as I just to update some folks, maybe they don't know this, but uh, Troy, as I call him, was the original, original gangster. He was, I think, the first person to announce that uh, he was going to be running against Rom. I call the candidates who were in the race uh, before Rom dropped, the original gangsters. Everybody got in after that. Uh, you know, okay, look, late to the party here. Uh, I tell folks uh, one more time just to, um, uh, you know, just to catch them up why he decided not to make the run. Um, many reasons. Uh, one, you know, you need three things to run a good campaign. You need a message, you need money, and you need an organized, for lack of a better way to put it, it's a horrible word to use in Chicago, but machine, message, money, machine. And machine means the volunteers, the people that will go door to door. And we had an incredible message. We had better message than anybody out, anybody out there. Uh, our money, <laughs> <laughs> not quite as good. I mean, raised a hundred thousand dollars over the course of the campaign for someone like me. That's not that's not small change, but it was the machine part that we really lacked on uh, in terms of the people. And ultimately, this is my fault. I mean, I can blame it on the people who were responsible for that aspect of it, but ultimately, I brought them in. So it's it always comes down to the candidate. But we just did not have the level. For exa- we had, for example, uh, six a uh, uh, list of about six hundred volunteers that was sat on for about six months until the day before petitions were due. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> like, you, you just, you know, but again, you know, I let those people control that. And, you know, it came back to haunt me in terms of getting folks out there to do uh, the petitioning. But I had a moment that I haven't talked about a lot where I, you know, again, with the messaging, I was doing a uh, meet and greet, and uh, it was at Open Outcry in Beverly. Mm-hmm. It was packed very diverse audience, and I mean, I was killing it, Ben. And I got to this point where, and the, the did you have the <laughs> capacity yeah. to to stop this corrupt, wasteful system? Do you mm-hmm. think you can do it? And I stood there and I said, um, truthfully, no. I don't think I can do it, but I know we can't. I know for an absolute fact that we can't. We organize ourselves. Um, 
But in my, the one thing I didn't say in my sort of heart of hearts is that I came to this conclusion that there is no we. Like, there is no organized left with an agenda to stop that nonsense. Like, it's, the left is divided, uh, if it even exists at all at this point. Mm -hmm. they're, they're, it's just a bunch of warring camps with their own sort of very uh, sort of particular agendas. And we haven't gotten the Republicans, the, the, the right's not like that. They, it's some, I don't know how they do it, but you hear the same messaging from them. It's universal. You hear it. Every, I don't know where they meet to decree <laughs> on what the hell they're going to do, yeah. but what they, they do it. Yeah. You know, they have their right to work agenda. They have, and they, and, and they, they make it happen. We don't have a we. And so I decided that I was going to go back and start doing some of the grassroots work of building a we and starting with the Principals Association, getting back to that we. And so that's what I, you know, so when I said I left politics, mm -hmm. I got off social media, it was to focus on becoming an organizer and doing that grassroots work of helping to organize people. So, Well, when you say there is no we and the left is divided into warring camps, are you spe speaking specifically about the left in the city of Chicago or are you speaking generally about the left throughout the country? I don't know if I, I mean, in some instances I might call it warring, but I don't know if I use the word warring. I mean, they just have their own particular focus that they, like, people aren't coming together to see a bigger picture mm -hmm. uh, and act together. I mean, I made a point when I left the race that one of the things that disappointed me was not that the left didn't come together to support me. The left didn't come together to support any candidate. <laughs> like, to get a candidate who has their best interest, in who they're warning some they might not be, but they haven't coalesced to become a we that gets a we agenda done. All right, so you're speaking specifically about the city of Chicago yes, when you're so talking about this. Yes, I'm speaking about Chicago. All right, and uh, so what are some of the factors that have le led to this division? When you, when, you, when you sit back and you look at the state of Chicago politics, progressive politics in the city of Chicago, is it just personality disputes? Uh, or is it just uh, rival rivalries, jealousies? I mean, wh why do you attribute the fact that the, the left can't coalesce in this the most democratic city or one of the most democratic cities in the country? Um, that's a good question. I mean, the honest answer is I don't know. I think some of it is probably a mix of many of the things to point out divisions and turn uh, progressives against one another. That's happening. I mean, I don't know if... And, you know, the, the Cointel Pro was real, right? And it's still real. It may go by a different name, but um, business interests and the government officials who work on their behalf uh, actively work to, you know, create divisions amongst people who have a more progressive agenda so that they can't coalesce. And I think oftentimes we fall victim to it. And, you know, when I, when I and I'm not going to mention any names, when I left, I didn't mention a soul in my statement when I left. Mm -hmm. But this newspaper <laughs> that you work for took that statement and turned it into you know, their interpretation of it as a slight against another candidate. My statement was about me. You know, so once again, and then people who supported that candidate fell hook, line, and sinker for it. Oh, Troy's against so-and-so. Mm -hmm. right? And not even going to read it for themselves. Right? And so we live in a culture, political culture, uh, and a media culture that is seem to be geared toward creating those kinds of divisions amongst, whether it be uh, the left, uh, CoinTelPro in particular. In that instance, was just explain to people what CoinTelPro is. Counterintelligence program. Mm -hmm. It was so in 1972. There was a, a group of activists in a town in Pennsylvania called Media. Media Pennsylvania, interestingly enough, mm -hmm. right? And a lot of strange things were going on in the activist community. And they had a sense that they were being uh, infiltrated, that they were agent provocateurs amongst them. And so this group who organized themselves called the Citizens Organized to Investigate the FBI broke into an FBI office and stole thousands of FBI files and released them to the press. Uh, and the files documented what then became, after, after it, it was 
became known, then you know Congress got involved and forced more files to be released, and they basically the FBI basically had a program designed to destroy progressive organizations and black progressive organizations in particular. In particular, yeah. And uh, by the way, there's a great documentary about this. I can't remember the name of it right now. We got some doc. You guys remember the name of the documentary? No, Steve, do you know the name of it? No, I know. I know. Name. If you watch Eyes on the Prize, yeah. which is a very lengthy series, yeah. if you look at um, Eyes on the Prize two episode six, I think it's called a na- the episode called a nation at law, a nation of law question mark mm-hmm. a nation of law question mark that episode documents what they did the FBI did to the Black Panther Party here in Chicago. Yes. All right, Troy. Pro. Troy Laravier is my guest. Uh, we're going to get into the specifics of the upcoming mayoral race, Tony Preckwinkle versus Lori Lightfoot, when we return. The Ben Jarofsky Show is brought to you by the Chicago Sun-Times. For the latest in Chicago and Illinois news, sports, weather, and the latest in national news from a real Chicago frame of mind and real Chicago writers, check out the Chicago Sun-Times. Read the daily paper or online at chicago.suntimes.com. And hey, if you have a little extra cash, subscribe. And by the Chicago Reader. For a deeper dive in the daily Chicago news and for all of what's going on in this city, you gotta read the Reader. Music, arts and culture, film, extensive event calendars, concert listings, and more, including weekly political columns from writers... Hey there, producer Dennis here. Thanks for finding and listening to the brand new Ben Jarofsky Show. All right, so here's how this works. The Ben Jarofsky Show live streams on the Chicago Sun-Times YouTube channel Tuesday through Friday, 1 until 3 p.m. Once the show is over, you can listen to the replay on our YouTube channel or we throw it online for you to download by 4 p.m. Where can you download the Ben Jarofsky Show, you may be asking yourself? Well, you may be asking yourself a fantastic question. You can find previous Ben Jarofsky shows and guest interviews through several outlets. The Chicago Sun-Times online, chicago.suntimes.com. The Chicago Reader online, chicagoreader.com. And wherever else you listen to your favorite podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, pick one. Just search for The Ben Jarofsky Show. J-O-R-A. V is in victory, S-K-Y. So, let's recap. Tuesday through Friday, 1 until 3 p.m., live streamed on the Chicago Sun-Times YouTube channel and downloadable by 4 at chicago.suntimes.com, chicagoreader.com, and wherever else you listen to your favorite podcast. Yes, the Ben Jarofsky Show is back. We're live and downloaded. Tell your friends and enjoy the rest of the show. Back to the Ben Jarofsky Show, live from the Chicago Sun-Times. Troy LaRavier is my guest in the studio. He was uh, the original, original gangster, the first one to declare against Rahm in the run for uh, mayor. He was challenging Rahm from the left. Uh, Troy, of course, Bernie Sanders delegate in 2016, very much a progressive. Troy, everybody is a progressive these days. Uh, my humble opinion, the words really lost all meaning in the city of Chicago. But everybody is a progressive. Everybody's running a progressive campaign these days. What's your thoughts about the, on the use of the word progressive? So, I mean, progressive pro- denotes two things for me. There's two things you have to look at. Like, one, your policy stances. Uh, and two, of your, your, your record of actually having some integrity with those stances and your actions. Mm-hmm. Um, and very few people have that. Uh, I didn't. One of the reasons I got out of the race and didn't back anybody because they failed in one. Of, every single candidate failed in one of those two things. They either had the stances, but had a, a record, and made some decisions that said this is not a progressive or someone who has the integrity to live up to this. These things they're saying, or they just don't have the record of being for, for example, universal health care, for uh, open. Uh, transparent budgeting practices uh, for uh, taxing uh, p- 
putting the tax burden, the heaviest tax burden on those who had the great, greatest capacity to meet that tax burden, you know, progressive taxation. Um, and they might have been for it, but didn't seem to have the political will or stomach or capacity to take the kind of hard policy stances to push it. You know, Preckwinkle, for example, she might believe in progressive taxation, but that's not what the soda tax is, <laughs> right? You know, and I have to say, when she came in, I, nobody criticized her harder than I did. You look at the comments of the people when she entered the room. Nobody came as hard as I did. But one of the things I did not mention in my criticism was the soda tax. Because I don't believe in attacking people on something just for a matter of convenience. Because when it got passed, even though I didn't like it, you know, my own personal opinion was, look, if I have to pay a few extra cents or another quarter for some pop so that somebody who doesn't have health insurance can get some care at the county, I'll go ahead and do it. I think there probably could have been better ways to do it. I think she should have fought for something more progressive that pushed uh, the burden on those who are more able to afford it. But that's, that's a, that means a political battle needs to take place. That means there's going to be some resistance. And, hell, she couldn't even get support for this, the tax on this, this one. No, it, it means there has to be an organized left behind her to say, if you go for this, we got your back. And I think she as a politician knows that there is no organized left behind her that will have her back. That if she goes out there and pushes more progressive taxation, she'll be doing it by herself and we're going to leave her out there to dry. Um, but again, um, I'm not saying she's right for that. It's certainly not the stance, you know, you've seen the way I I, 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 operate. I do what I think is the right thing, consequences be damned. Mm -hmm. And I, don't, I didn't see any politician out there who had that kind of mentality, who was going to push for something progressive and not necessarily the safe thing. All right, let's break them both down. Uh, we'll start with Tony since you raised her first. We'll get to Lori later. Uh, you said when, when Tony first entered the race, no one was uh, more critical of her, of her than you, mm -hmm. uh, but you did not specifically criticize her on the soda pop tax. Right. Uh, so what were you critical about her on? Uh, her record of voting for the daily budgets that got us into the financial situation that you're in, we're in right now. The fact that when we, when the whole city of Chicago progressives were practically begging her to run against Rahm Emanuel, mm -hmm. and she failed to do so twice, and only came in the race after he had left. That said, one, you either, one, you either agreed with the way he was running the city and didn't want to run against him, or you didn't have the political courage to run against him. One of those two things has to be true. You know, and for me, it didn't matter which one was true. I knew I wasn't going to be supporting, at least at that stage, anyone for which one of those things were true. Um, and so those are the two things, two major things that my critique was based on, are failing to step up to the plate uh, and exercise the political courage to go against Rom when we wanted her to. Um, oh, and um, Berrios. Mm. That was the third thing. Her support of Joe Berrios. The, the quote that I said was that um, her loyalty and commitment to the Democratic Party was stronger than her loyalty and commitment to the people of Chicago. Mm. And I chose those words very carefully. I said stronger. Not that she doesn't have any loyalty or commitment to the people of Chicago. I believe that like most Democratic politicians, their loyalty and commitment to their party is stronger than their loyalty and commitment to us. And, you know, I don't know if Lightfoot's any better. All right, let's <laughs> get into it. By the way, just so people know, there's some folks out there might not know. Joe Berrios was the former uh, uh, assessor for Cook County and for years and years and years. And it came out. Uh, investigation by ProPublica and the Chicago Tribune, got to give the Tribune credit, uh, that uh, the way our, our, tax, our property tax system was assessed in the city of Chicago, a greater burden was placed on people uh, in neighborhoods we least afford it, uh, in poor, poor low-income, working-class black neighborhoods, as opposed to the uh, gentrifying upscale north side neighborhoods. And despite that, Preckwinkle continued to support him, mm -hmm. even after that was on front-page news on the Tribune for three different editions, just how horrible his uh, uh, assessment uh, taxation uh, practices were and how they impacted negatively, particularly at poor people and African-American poor people in particular, she continued to support him. But, you know, he was the Democratic Party. Mm -hmm. I don't know if in her heart of hearts she wished she didn't have to, but this is where my bread is buttered. 
Um, so, um, you know, but but all I knew was what, what she did. And so that's what I commented on. All that right. said, my wife worked for both Rom and Tony. She worked for the city of Chicago and she worked under Preckwinkle, pretty close to Preckwinkle, not so close to Rom, but close to the people he appointed. And, you know, she didn't talk a lot about it, but I got a clear sense that it was like day and night that Rom's folks were incompetent, <laughs> that the people were, everything was political. And that what Tony was trying to do at the county was actually put some competent people in place to do the job of serving the taxpayers appropriately uh, and generally ran a tight ship. Mm -hmm. um, again, I'm not looking for perfection, but when you're running against somebody, and at that point I'm running against her, I came out hard and highlighted the three things that I thought um, people should have a second thought about when they consider her. All right, let's get to Lori Lightfoot. What's your general thoughts about Lori Lightfoot? I was never impressed by Lori. You know, uh, Lori and I were in lots of forums together. Tony and I never participated in a forum together because I came, I left as she was coming in. Mm -hmm. um, Lori and I participated in quite a few forums, and I was never impressed by Lori. Uh, there was always these sort of lofty statements about being the North Star of Chicago. It, it, I just never heard anything specific from her. It was it was a lot of platitudes coming mm -hmm. from her, and, that, and that's, that's a warning sign for me. Um, uh, her lack of, you know, her, again, not supporting universal health care. You know, there was an interview with Progressive, Progressive Magazine called me. Mm -hmm. um, they had just interviewed Lori Lightfoot. And apparently Lori Lightfoot's press person called Progressive to pitch Lori as the next Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I remember this, yeah. And so they asked Lori, okay, how, how do you feel about universal health care, Medicare for all? No. How do you feel about getting rid of Chicago gang database? No. Um, and there was another one, uh, uh, abolishing ICE. No, uh, it's just like wait, wait, you're pitching yourself as the next Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, but you don't believe in the progressive policies that she's pushing. And so they're like, well, who else is running for me? So they called me <laughs> uh, and asked me the same questions, you know. And I gave them my answers, and they put out a whole piece about the difference between those answers. Uh, and so again, uh, those three policies are progressive policies. Going back to your first question, what is a progressive in terms of looking at Lori Lightfoot? She certainly doesn't seem like one. And then you look at her career, you know, and it's mixed. You have her time uh, on the police board where it looks like, you know, convictions or uh, discipline for officers increased under her. But then you have some cases in there that are profoundly questionable where she overturned the board on one officer who was found to where the evidence showed he put a muzzle to a guy's mm -hmm. head and blew his brains out. It, and the, bo the board itself declared that the shooting was unjustified and then she went and got that thing reversed. Uh, so you know, there's a lot of questionable um, decisions and actions like that on Lori's part that make me go, um, no, nah, this is just too much of a risk here. Like you, you have a lot of lofty language, but when I look at your record, now, if I look at Preckwinkle's record, it's pretty goddamn consistent with what she says. Right? It's She may not say the things I want, but it's pretty damn consistent with what she says. Look at Lightfoot's record, not quite as much. It seems as though you're leading, getting yourself ready to vote for Tony Preckwinkle. Am I reading this correctly? I'm certainly, I haven't decided yet, uh, but if I had to do it today, that would, that's where I'm leaning. Who'd you vote for in this last one? Tony. Tony Preckwinkle. And that was one of those hold your nose votes. Like, I don't have my perfect candidate. My Bernie's not here. <laughs> <laughs> there was still burn to feel on this one, huh? <laughs> There's no burn to feel in the Chicago uh, mayoral election. Uh, whether this is fair or not, I'm going to say this. Uh, many uh, younger progressive types, millennials, uh, are very, they call me up. They want, uh, they're critical of Lori Lightfoot because she was a federal prosecutor. And uh, it boils down to this. More than one person of the millennial persuasion has told me that she is, quote, unquote, a cop. All right? Mm -hmm. They call her a cop. Even though I, Lori Lightfoot has never been a police officer, has never served at the Chicago Police Department. But you know what they mean when they say that. Yes. They're speaking right. metaphorically, right. I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, she prosecuted in the height of the mass incarceration. And mass incarceration was based on drug policy mm -hmm. for the most part. And she prosecuted drug offenses, you know. And now you're going to say, like, at some point, you you have to know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. 
when you're doing that, when you're sending one black person after another to prison as a prosecutor, and at some point, either your conscience, you know, when I was a principal, I had to have that moment mm -hmm. where I had to take a risk, where I risked my career to say this is wrong. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you have to have that moment where what you believe and what you're being, at, you realize what you believe and what you're being asked to do mm -hmm. are not congruent. And you're either going to continue to do it uh, and not take any risk in order to ensure that people get some kind of justice, or you're going to leave that alone to make sure that you continue to get your bread buttered. And it seems like that's what she did. And now that it's popular to talk about mass incarceration, she said, oh, this is horrible. Where were you, what were you saying when you were putting all these people in prison? Right, well, in defense of Lori Life, I'm not going to say something in defense of Lori Life, but she is not part and parcel in any way uh, Troy, I think you'll have to agree with me this, the Democratic machine uh, that's so involved in the corruption in the city of Chicago, uh, in the inequities of the city of Chicago, uh, in just all those bad budgets that you were just alluding to, parking meter sales, TIF deals. I mean, you at least got to give her that. She's not uh, part of that in any way. She's a complete outsider in that regard. So I can't give her, you can't really give her that because there's no record. You don't know what she's going to do because all of the, all of those things, like th those weren't the politicians pushing those things. Those were the people supporting the politicians, yeah. right? Those were the banks, the investors, the school privatizers. Those are the forces behind the democratic machine. Yeah. And those forces are still going to be at play when she becomes mayor. She's never been tested against them. And based, and again, based on her history or lack of a history, I don't necessarily think she's going to react much differently than the existing politicians to those forces when they come to bear on her. All right, that's Troy LaRavier. I'm Ben Jarofsky. Willie Wilson has just walked into the studio, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know who else is going to come in. Maybe Rahm Emanuel is uh, coming up the elevator right now. That'll be, But we're going to have Willie Wilson with Troy LaRavier uh, in the studio. It's going to be great when we return. Hey there, producer Dennis here. Thanks for finding and listening to the brand new Ben Jarofsky Show. All right, so here's how this works. The Ben Jarofsky Show live streams on the Chicago Sun-Times YouTube channel Tuesday through Friday, 1 until 3 p.m. Once the show is over, you can listen to the replay on our YouTube channel or we throw it online for you to download by 4 p.m. Where can you download the Ben Jarofsky Show, you may be asking yourself? Well, you may be asking yourself a fantastic question. You can find previous Ben Jarofsky shows and guest interviews through several outlets. The Chicago Sun-Times Online, chicago.suntimes.com. The Chicago Reader Online, chicagoreader.com. And wherever else you listen to your favorite podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, pick one. Just search for The Ben Jarofsky Show, J-O-R-A, V as in victory, S-K-Y. So let's recap. Tuesday through Friday, 1 until 3 p.m., live streamed on the Chicago Sun-Times YouTube channel and downloadable by 4 at chicago.suntimes.com, chicagoreader.com, and wherever else you listen to your favorite podcast. Yes, the Ben Jarofsky Show is back. We're live and downloaded. Tell your friends and enjoy the rest of the show. break over welcome back to the ben jarofsky show live from the chicago sun times yes indeed we are live from the chicago sun times troy larabia is my guest in the studio uh and uh, all of a sudden knock knock on the door and who walks in but willie wilson uh the man the myth the legend himself who just ran uh for mayor of the city of chicago uh, he was one of the original gangsters, along with Troy LaRavier. And some of the candidates had the guts to run against uh, Mayor Rahm when, and uh, run for mayor when Mayor Rahm was in the race. Uh, it was supposed to be here Thursday, but you know what, Willie? I'm happy to have you sharing the mic, <laughs> sharing the space with Troy. And so is Troy. Yeah, and so is Troy. Uh, hey, I'm, I'm on it, you know? Just uh, yeah, working hard, you know? 
All right, Willie, uh, I got the press releases that Scott sent, uh, your dutiful uh, press agent there uh, who's standing in the corner. And uh, it says that you're about to come out with some aldermanic endorsements and a mayoral endorsement. So let's start with the big news, mayoral endorsement. Uh, Troy says he's leaning toward Tony Preckwinkle. We just talked about that. Of the two candidates, which one are you going to endorse? Don't know yet. I, I, listen, <clears throat> my own personal views is one thing. But you may or may not have heard that I won all the. Uh, you know, <laughs> I may have heard that, Willie. I think Scott may have sent me that uh, press release once or twice. Yeah, you may not have heard that I yeah. won what all the different awards. You won the West Side and the South Side. Yeah, I think first time in history, I believe. You know, so um, they're out there, and so I took then uh, decided that I was going to send out a poll mm-hmm. the people who voted for me. Uh, see what they say. Right now, I'm traveling around the city. Yesterday, we met with two, three hundred ministers. Tonight, we meet with more. Uh, just left some now, and we got community organization giving their input. And after they get their input, that's the way we're going to go. Friday at one thirty. I see. So yeah. you haven't made your decision yet. You're collecting intel, as they say, in the business, and you're going to make your decision based on all the information you get. Yeah, yeah, but I, you know, that's the right thing to do. Now, I, I must say this, too. Uh, most of the people, I'd say 98 or 99% of the people just say for me to make the decision. They'll follow me, and they're waiting on me. So I thought that, no, I, I don't want to do that. Let me get the input first. Mm-hmm. After I get the input, then I'll put it together and do it Friday. Uh, meanwhile, we're just going to and, uh, take the night and support, endorse some of the people in the runoff, Alderman, stuff like that. Probably, I think there's about 14 in the runoff now, and so we're going to do that tonight. But uh, Friday's be the moment, but whoever I endorse is going to be next mayor of Chicago. Why do you say that? I'm confident. I just know. I got to feel. Like you said that I wasn't going to win in these wars. Yeah. You remember you said that? Yeah. Did yeah, I say that? Yeah, yeah you were Wait, wrong, you're like yeah. throwing things up. I don't remember what I said. I say a lot of things. Let's pay back the tape on that one, Willie Wilson. I don't remember saying that, but whatever. Well, you didn't think I'd be up in the top five or anything, you know, stuff like that. You I do that. not recall ever well, saying anything. Said, I, I may have, have, have said it. You know. I may have changed. You know. Okay. Yeah, I think you're mixing me up with Al Pacino. Okay, a lot of oh, people think yeah, I look like Al Pacino. Right, right. Well, I'm glad you got a promotion, though. Yes, yes. <laughs> that's a good way of looking at it. The last time I talked to Willie, I was in a different place in my life. Uh, Troy, let me ask you a question about Willie Wilson now that he's in the room. Uh, were you surprised by the strong vote he got from <coughs> the West and the South Side? Yes. Um, I remembered last time, what, what was it, about 10, 11 percent? In 2015? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, around, yeah, yeah, about uh, 11 to 12%, I yeah. think. Don't, so, don't cheat me, you know? And what, what, so when I saw, and that was when it was just, it was, I think you were the only black candidate in there? Uh, in 2015? Yeah. Oh, my God, I just blanked. Uh, there was Rom, yeah. there was um, Chewy, there was Willie Wilson, Bob Fioretti. Doing this from memory. That's not a black guy. That's about it. Doc Wall. Doc Doc Wall was in that race. And so when I saw this time that there was a were a lot more black candidates, I thought it would eat into his 12, 11, 12, 10 percent, and that he'd probably end up with like five. So I'll admit, I never said it publicly, but in my own head, I thought that was what was going to happen. And I was shocked when I saw he maintained his like Willie Wilson voters are Willie Wilson voters. Yeah. (laughs) He maintained his percentage. Willie, what, uh, what, why do you think you have this loyalty among voters uh, in the city well, of Chicago? I, I, I think uh, I know that it's from the work that I do in the community. Look, I spent close to $2 million of my own money. And prior to that, I, I, you know, I give away 2 or $3 million a year just to people in the neighborhood who don't have IDs to cash a check, mm-hmm. who need food. I can wait maybe three or four hundred grand on the street that people are homeless, mm-hmm. you know. But not only that, we support the churches, community organizations, and things of that nature. Um, people haven't forgotten, and I never have wanted nothing for myself, you know. I just 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 do it so it, that it's out there. But I, I can say now that I represent the black community. Yeah, for the well, vote. I do remember the one of the times you were on my show. Uh, asking you about your alliances with uh, 
Bruce Rahner I teased you mercifully about that one because he did throw you under the bus <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and, and voting for Trump. And, and yet it seems as though as unpopular as Rauner and Trump are among black voters, not just in the city of Chicago, but nationwide, they did not hold though, that against you. No, no. Why would they? I mean, I mean I, I'm myself, my own person. You know, but, I held it against you. I just want to put it out. The one thing about myself, yeah. Look, you you can't go wrong when you do good, right? So so when people don't like me or say this and this and that about me, what I do, I just say, look, I'm still gonna love you, all right? And you remember this here too. People always say that this here that. Oh, he can't be mayor. He can't run here and that because he can't talk. And I and I, I tell him what I tell him. I say I signed in front of my check. They signed the back of theirs. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I've been quoting you on that one, Willie, for about a year now. <laughs> all right. I all wish right, I signed right. in front of a check yeah, well, once. Look, which one you rather be? Uh, yeah, you know? the front. That is it. No. Talking. Look, I never had deny. I'm from Louisiana and. From the seventh grade education, but I think I make more money than those who have a good education, a yeah. little bit more. Yeah, you made a lot more money than I have, that's for <laughs> sure. Uh, Troy, let me ask you this question. Uh, I just what I just asked uh, Willie, he supported uh, Donald Trump, voted for Donald Trump, I should say. He had his reasons for it. We're not going to renew, go through all that again. Uh, and uh, he had that alliance with Bruce Rauner, and yet he did get overwhelming support. He got strong support uh, in the West Side and the South Side. Uh, what do you? How do you attribute that? Well, one, frankly, I don't think most folk know. I mean, if you show up at the debates, that's how I found I found out because I was standing at a forum, two people down from Willie Wilson, and they were asking us who we voted for, and I just happened to be at the forum, and it says Trump and Ronna, and I go, that's how I found out. I don't think most people know. As a matter of fact, I've had conversations with people. Like, did you know he voted for Trump and Ronna? I said, what? Are you kidding me? Yeah. I don't think it was out there. <clears throat> now, whether or not it would have impacted, so, you know, we can only guess. Um, but I'm certain that 95 to 99% of the folks, uh, that 10% had no idea. Well, I, uh, I guarantee that if you had made it to the runoff, that would have been the first attack commercial. That would have been aired by Tony or Lori, whoever you would be running against. You know, it'd be the ominous voice. He voted for Trump. You know what? You know, but I don't think people look at it that way. You know, the ones who do, well, that's fine. But people look at if they're hungry and I can give them food without wanting anything back, appreciate mm -hmm. it, right? I don't look at it that way. You know, I, I look, I voted for, uh, uh, you know, Bruce because he promised me that what he would do for the community, right? Uh, I voted for the other governor two times in a row. He did not deliver these conversations we had. Mm. And I remember, <clears throat> I didn't ask for anything for myself. We didn't even do business with the state, nothing mm. like that, all right? We didn't ask for that, all right? But it, 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 what you do, you look at a person, uh, and you, you vote for that person, all right? And when you talk about Republican. Wasn't Abraham Lincoln Republican? Yes, he was. <laughs> you got to go back a long way. I think the last time you said that to oh, yeah, me, Willie. Yeah, yeah, Abraham Lincoln was Republican, all right? Yeah, he was. Are you going to condemn him because he was Republican? No, when no. He was the president in the United well, States. Well, we're not condemning you know? Ronna because he's a Republican. Yeah. We're condemning Ronna because he starved the state for two years and had policies that actually, I, I would listen to Ralph, I think it was Ralph, uh, I forgot, Robert uh, Martwick. Mm -hmm. And he stood up one day at a public event, event and said, people are dead because of Bruce Rauner. This is a state representative. Mm -hmm. People are dead because of this <clears throat> man's policy. So, you know, it's not because, you know, not because he's a Republican. It's your, your actions showed almost no regard for human beings. And they also showed that you consider the biggest city in the state that you govern, you treat it like it's another state. Like, it's not part of the state you're governing, but some rival or some enemy. Mm -hmm. Like, you're not governor of it. Like, this isn't part of what you govern. That's how he treated us. And so that's why I think people would hold a vote for Ronner mm -hmm. against um, oh, anybody well, who voted oh, for him. Oh, yeah. They voted for Ronnie Manion, who cover up Laquan McDonald, got shot 16 times. What's, I mean, governor, he wasn't in a conspiracy to shot a person 16 times. 
uh, Ronnie and Manny took the, didn't do good and did a job, the contract, the schools, and things of that nature. I mean, what the heck, you know? Uh, 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 look, mayor right now of the city of Chicago should be investigating and put in jail, all right? Now that we about? agree on. All right. <laughs> all right? But the problem is that nobody said nothing about that, right? Well, there's something else I think you may agree on. I, I'd like to try to get your thoughts on this. Uh, this was a, a quintessential Willie Wilson moment. Uh, it was that grassroots collaborative uh, forum that was held at a church on the west side, Willie, and uh, they gave passed out green cards and red cards to the people in the audience. And so the tradition is that when you hear something that the candidate says that you agree with, you raise the green card. And when you hear something that you uh, strikes you the wrong way that a candidate says, you uh, raise uh, the red card. Uh, Willie Wilson, uh, at that particular forum, did not mention voting for Bruce Rauner or Donald Trump. But what he did mention, he came out strongly about, was his opposition to red light cameras. And red light cameras become a symbol, uh, Troy, and I know you know this, about the regressive ways in which the city of Chicago has tried to squeeze more revenue out of the people who can least afford it. People lose their cars. Yeah. Uh, they get dis dispossessed. Do you know how many green cards went up the air when Willie said that? I was like, oh, Willie Wilson's pretty popular on the west side. And, I mean, right. <laughs> South side, too. Right? That's a big issue with the, the, the red light cameras. You know, I... It was a part of a commercial I put out, the Rom Get the Hell Out commercial. That was big, one of the big issues that I ran on, um, putting some progressive revenue in place and using that progressive revenue to get rid of regressive revenue, mm -hmm. like the red light cameras. Now, I'm not, you know, I'm, I don't know if I'm for getting rid of every single camera. I know there are traffic experts that say there's a certain percentage of them. If you put the timing on them right and you distribute them evenly throughout the places where they actually need to go. Because I believe in, you know, listening to experts um, and, and not just going with what public opinion says is, you know, you should do to get votes. Mm -hmm. uh, but there would have certainly, under the LaRavier administration, been a significant reduction in those things. And they certainly would have been distributed, if at all, around the city, been distributed a lot more uh, um, representatively in terms of the different race and income areas of the city. Troy LaRavier is in the studio, and Willie Wilson, a surprise guest, uh, walked into the studio. Glad to have the two of them there. It's, I get this picture, and we'll put it all on Facebook and uh, Instagram. <laughs> They're sitting right next to each other in our nice little Sun-Times studio here. Willie, you had a quote uh, in the Sun-Times the other day. I think it was the Sun-Times. may have been the Tribune. Uh, regarding uh, reaching out to... Uh, your supporters, your constituents, et cetera, to see who they wanted to support for mayor. Mm -hmm. And there was the issue of Lori Lightfoot being uh, openly gay. And that, I think the quote was, it's a hard sell for many of the churchgoers that uh, support you. Uh, elaborate a little bit on that. Uh, well, <clears throat> I, I met with, uh, first of all, I met with both, Tony Prepquinka about an hour and a half. I met with um, Lori Lightfoot um, probably about four hours. Mm -hmm. And we had some deep conversation. There is an issue, you know, open, you know, gay, gay and lesbian. I know there's another letter for it, but, you know, I don't know them all. You know, and I, I said openly, all right. And there's an issue. And, and also, at one point in my life, there was an issue for me, too, you know. Just, I, and I told her that. And I told the world the whole, whole thing, all right. Because, see, like, it, it, we believe the scripture a lot, all right. But the same token as I've been relating to the, the minister, I met a lot of them this past week and two weeks, is it, it, that let's judge a person on economic and social issues. Whatever person decides to do with their own personal life is their own business, all right? And I just came from a meeting today talking the same thing. All of the pastors that I know of and talked to uh, have said, look, whatever you go with, give us a word, all right? I think that human beings are human beings. Look, what's the difference than being uh, two sins and two sins? If you tell a lie, it's sin. You kill somebody, it's sin. So what we have to do is get beyond that. Let's think about the schools and the uh, economic part of it and the fairness. And so that's why I've told everybody, I said this, do not judge, as a friend of mine told me the other day, do not judge uh, uh, gender, but judge the, the agenda. And, and that's how we come with it. That's Willie Wilson. Troy LaRavier is also in the studio. We'll be right back after this. Hey there. 
producer Dennis here. Thanks for finding and listening to the brand new Ben Jarofsky Show. All right, so here's how this works. The Ben Jarofsky Show live streams on the Chicago Sun-Times YouTube channel Tuesday through Friday, 1 until 3 p.m. Once the show is over, you can listen to the replay on our YouTube channel or we throw it online for you to download by 4 p.m. Where can you download the Ben Jarofsky Show, you may be asking yourself? Well, you may be asking yourself a fantastic question. You can find previous Ben Jarofsky shows and guest interviews through several outlets. The Chicago Sun-Times Online, chicago.suntimes.com. The Chicago Reader Online, chicagoreader.com. And wherever else you listen to your favorite podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, pick one. Just search for The Ben Jarofsky Show. J-O-R-A. V is in victory. S-K-Y. So, let's recap. Tuesday through Friday, 1 until 3 p.m., live streamed on the Chicago Sun-Times YouTube channel and downloadable by 4 at chicago.suntimes.com, chicagoreader.com, and wherever else you listen to your favorite podcast. Yes, the Ben Jarofsky Show is back. We're live and downloaded. Tell your friends and enjoy the rest of the show. If you would like to advertise with the Ben Jarofsky Show, and who wouldn't, contact Tracy Bame at publisher at chicagoreadercorp.com. We have several advertising options for your business or organization, and quite frankly, we would love nothing more than to tell our listeners all about it. Once again, that's Tracy Bame at publisher at chicagoreadercorp, that's C-O-R-P as in Paul, dot com to advertise with The Ben Jarofsky Show, The Chicago Reader, and The Chicago Sun-Times. We look forward to plugging you. Okay, well, that came out kind of weird. More of The Ben Jarofsky Show live and downloaded in moments. Back to the Ben Jarofsky Show. Mr. Jarofsky. Man, take us <laughs> I home. I love that music. I don't know where he got it, but, you know, somebody should play that on the piano there. Willie Wilson, by the way, is a good singer. Maybe one day you come in the studio and sing some songs <laughs> with me. Uh, by the way, Willie Wilson, Sam Cooke documentary on Netflix. Run. Don't walk to watch it. You really want to. It gets into why Sam Cooke uh, was killed. I urge you to watch. I know you're a Sam Cooke fan. We talked about before. Uh, Troy LaRavier. Just your thoughts on what Willie was talking about, uh, the attitudes of many um, uh, ministers, et cetera, church people in the black community toward uh, homosexuality. Absolutely. Uh, first, you have two Sam Cooke fans here. So, uh, okay. Into the, into the question, something that um, uh, Dr. Wilson said that was one, brave and deep. He said, because people don't like to do that, but he did. He said, that was once an issue for me, too. Right. That was once an issue for me, too. And oftentimes when we discover that someone had some kind of anti-black or anti-homosexual or anti-anything past, we want to jump down on that person. He did this. He would, like, It's exactly that kind of person because we want to change people's minds. Obviously, they're not that anymore. They've undergone some kind of transformation where their belief system has changed. And it's exactly that kind of person that we want to highlight and uplift if we want to change other people who are where they used to be. And so I think we need more people who've had, whether they were anti-black or anti-homosexual, to be honest about that and talk about that transformation because he would be an exceptionally, exceptionally great ally in that religious community as someone who's gone through that transformation, to talk to those people about why he changed his mind. But oftentimes when we hear that, it's like, oh, he used to this, he was all, oh, we don't want to vote for him, yeah. let's ban him. No, th that's the people you want to find and uplift and uplift their stories. And so I'm glad you said that. Yeah, I, I, I'm glad he said it as well. Uh, you know, we're almost out of time here. Uh, Troy, I have to ask you, uh, next time I'm going to bring you on, we're going to talk more, take a deeper dive on the presidential race. Are you going to support Bernie Sanders this time around? I've made a decision, but uh, 
um, you know, as someone who risked his career to film a Bernie Sanders commercial criticizing Rahm Emanuel that got played repeatedly um, in the airwaves, you know, that's certainly, it's probably a 90% possibility that that's going to happen. But, you know, I'm going to do my due diligence, take a look at uh, all the candidates that are out there. But again, it's Bernie's message. You know, Bernie's message that we're in a rigged economy, we're in a rigged economic system, and the people who run that economic system, who get benefit from it, take the money from that system and then use it to corrupt our political system to stop us from being able to make changes, mm -hmm. again, once again, in the economic system. Like, that message is universal, and it describes almost every problem we face, whether it's in the environment, whether it's privatization of the school system, uh, the Wall Street excesses. It is the central ill of our country, of our state, and our city, and I haven't heard anyone who focuses on that central ill the way Bernie does. And so he has a strong likelihood to keep me. All right, Willie, have you made a decision yet? Um, of her president, president. Uh, no, you know, I, I ran for president. I am aware of that. Yeah. I, I didn't know you were. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we <laughs> talked about it the last time you were on our show, though, right, and right. how uh, the Clintons <laughs> went hard on you with the lawsuits. Oh, that's right, she yeah. did. No, I, the person that I will endorse would be the person who come to the table and economic equality for job contract, not only in the United States, but the jobs and the contract international as well, who's not going to leave out the minority people. And, and I will have to come to the table and say, okay, let it reflect the population, okay? Of America, tax pay dollars, things of that nature. Don't mistreat anybody, whether you're white, black, or, or other, but make sure you don't leave out the black and the black and brown and people that as well. And one person can explain that to me and have those same views. I'm all foot. And then prison reform, don't forget about prison reform, you know, get rid of these privatized prisons. Mm -hmm. Today, I look at, look, people in slavery today, black people that is, way back in 1863, we were more freer. Prison made four or five billion dollars. Private type prison last year, our black people in prison. Those things that I'm issue, I'm concerned about, and those particular things. Then I'll select who it would be, but they cannot come to Chicago and say, "I'm going to do this and lead the black people out." I'm gonna stand right in the way. All right, very good. That's Willie Wilson, Troy Laravier. Thank you both for coming in. Also, want to thank Mark Brown. Uh, Miles Porter, the pride and joy of Roosevelt University. Uh, Steve James, a visitor to the studio, and of course. The man, the myth, the legend behind the board. Pride and joy of Alton, Illinois. They call him the doctor. Give yourself a raise. Take it out of petty cash. Thank you, Troy. Thank you, Willie. See you tomorrow, everybody. The Ben Jarofsky Show is brought to you by the International Association of Machinists and Aerospace Workers, Local 126 and District 8. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 9. The International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 150. And thank you once again to the Chicago Federation of Labor. See you tomorrow.